Hey, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel? Does it feel just kind of spooky around here? Yeah, wait, what's behind this curtain? <laughs> oh no, it's Oatstober! It's me, Joyce Carol Oats! Nah, start the theme music. Okay! Yeah, that's some jaunty Halloween music. Oh my god, Joyce Carol Oatstober! <laughs> Joyce Carol Oatstober. Gabriel, it is that season. September. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> this is coming out like in the last day of September, right? Yeah, the, this is the last week, right? What is it? Yeah. yeah, it's like the 27th when we're recording it, this. It's literally the 27th. And Gabriel, we are going to have so much fun doing our show called Slow Readers. Slow Readers, your yeah. weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on words on the page. It's always on uh, audio. It's always on short <laughs> fiction. It's always on Joyce Carol Oates. It's always on long fiction. It's always on horror. It's always on being blonde. It's all about uh, uh, being one of the Mulvaney's. Oh, damn, I was going to say that one next. <laughs> oh, well. Gotcha. It's about being lovely, dark, and deep. Uh, yeah, it's it's, oh, it, it's all about um, uh, 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 Windhaven. No, what's it called? Windhaven is the is the Lisa Tuttle Martin story. Um, okay. Anyway, so this is the show. Yeah, we okay. are the only explicit literature comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. We are expliterature. Expliterature. Take that, Sean, who didn't invent it, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that might have been Phil, actually. Take that, you two. Take that, Phil. The both of you. You good dudes. Yeah, you, you solid guys over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, I have something to say about that in, in a moment. But okay. in the, but before that, I just want to say, besides being exploratory, is that don't forget to, if you're enjoying this, mm-hmm. check out our thingamabobs, our, our iTunes and our... What's not, it's not iTunes anymore. It's not Apple Podcasts. It's Apple Podcasts. It's not iTunes. It's around. Say Apple yes. Podcasts. Our Apple Podcast, where you can like, subscribe, and then review us, and give us a nice review, and then say yeah. some kind words. Listeners, if you have or, a few moments, just please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's what we need more than everything else. We keep yeah. on begging, and you guys keep on keeping away. You keep on <laughs> negging me, and I keep on wanting you more and more and badly and badlier. Yeah, and even if you're not nice, give us give us a snobby three-star review. We love them. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, like honestly, be as honest as you want. It makes us very happy. Yeah, I mean, well, that's where we get our bitch cast rages. And I'll get to that in a moment, but uh-huh. Gabriel... Uh, who first uh who and what are you um hello everyone my name is gabe amara i'm mm. a comedian every now and again i'm a writer and a podcast producer and one of these days i'll be able to pour you another fine cocktail whenever i find another bar job mm. co-host who are you i'm daniel gonzalez, gonzalez, gonzalez. an audio producer editor writer and an author of speculative fiction speculate yeah. And Preach. I'm, I'm a bit of a mess right now. I'm not feeling all that great. Uh-oh. That said. Good thing we're sharing this tiny space together. Gabriel. Uh-huh. I do have to say I was very excited because when I woke up this mm-hmm. morning, I went, I'm sleepy. Yeah. And you I brush look, your teeth with a bottle of Jack. Exactly. I, I take a big, deep swig of, of banker's note. Yeah. And, and, I look, and I look at my phone and I see I got someone tweeting at me. Uh. And Gabriel. Okay. So I wake up to this from... Felix Taylor at Troll Widow. At what? Troll Widow. Okay. Uh, at Top Gun Radio. I reviewed SR on iTunes. Read it. Wait, okay. 
however, uh, apparently reviews take up to like 24 hours to oh, show up. So well, I keep, shit. I've been, I've been checking like literally all day and nothing's actually come up. Um, and that's it. So I'm a little, uh, I have no idea what it is. My first reaction to this was, hey, don't you tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, second off, I looked is at- Is this the troll? Uh, well, I'm worried about the name Troll Widow, but like apparently this is his description and this is how his feed kind of reads like D. Phil student in English writer. Uh, sorry, that was, that was a run on. What? D. Phil student in English writer, librarian, amateur mycologist. Jeff, Jeff fucking Vandermeer over here. Cool. Um, so, That's pretty rad. And yeah, like in his stuff, it's like, it's, it's very, it's like actual like book shit. shit. Yeah. Well, and, Felix, we can't wait to mushrooms. get that review in, in the mail. Yeah. Because we have a, we have Apple write us all of our reviews and postcards to send to us because we, we like the antiquated stuff. Yeah. And this whole time I didn't like, like, or respond to your thing because I'm not very good on Twitter, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but I will, I'll probably do it right after we record this, depending yeah. on Lis- how I feel. Listeners be like Felix Taylor and yes. review this show on Apple podcasts. Yeah. If you think I'm not going to call you out because you fucking tweeted at me or going to review me, you thought wrong. We're coming at you like Cleopatra. Yeah. Cleopatra's cheetah girls. Right at you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That wasn't that the cheetah girls. What's Cheetah Girls? <laughs> that was it was a Disney Channel song right at the cusp of me deciding I was too old for the Disney Channel. Uh, I was gonna say I'm not a pervert. That's it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. That, that's you know that's good math. I yes. support that. that was I, can't, a, I can't defend that. That was a quick dig. Yeah. Well right. done. Um, Joyce Carol Oates in the corner just to, gave you like the thumbs up. And, and you know what? Speaking of which, uh, my brother got me into um, uh, watching Gravity Falls finally. Oh. Um, which is really good. I keep forgetting it's on Disney. It yeah. It's a Disney Channel thing. It's on Hulu. Uh, is it on Hulu? It's also on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've watched like the first like five episodes or so. It's really yeah. good. And it got, it got better. I, I was really happy in the one episode because like there's a character in the moment I heard her voice. I'm like, that's Nikki Yang, voice of Bimo. Hey. And I was, I was really happy. And it's also, it's got like tons of fucking Just the show. Yeah. Uh, there was something else I was excited to talk about. Mmm. I is just, it books? N- it wasn't just books. Is it Oatstober? Wasn't it, 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 it? Maybe it was Oatstober. I don't think it was Oatstober. Well, is it your Shin Godzilla action figure, which is taken up? It's just basically it's like just, it's just sitting on the th- on the thing right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean that got, that's going to be a mascot right now. That's fine. The fuck was I, I support talk that? About? Ah, whatever. I'll remember in a moment. Is the 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 tip of the tail? Does it turn? Yeah. Well, no. It, well, like the whole thing is supposed to have a lot of like uh, uh, gravitas. Gravitas first up, but also like mobility. But it's also like kind of like it's, how like, hard mobile to can you make a dinosaur? Wasn't it the whole joke of Rex from Toy Story? That like, well, yeah. Well, it's it's not a dinosaur. It's Godzilla. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's it. Um, oh, yuck. Like the legs can kind of like go up and down a little bit. Also, in the movie, Shin Godzilla w- itself wasn't exactly like like very like. Well, it did get in brief mode. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I'm going to get all fucking finicky over Godzilla. Shin over God- Godzilla's Shin mobility. Godzilla. Yep. Uh, but I'll remember what that is in a moment. Okay. Yeah. That's it, Gabriel. Uh-huh. I'm sure you were trying to segue this in a moment ago, but mm-hmm. hey, I don't edit this show. Week one. Oh, yeah. Of Oatstober. Ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning once again our annual tradition. Every October, we decide to do nothing but the wonderful works of master mistress whatever let's let's not gender it the, you know, is master master's not really like an actual gendered kind of thing i suppose right? not the uh, let's see the the goat of deeply upsetting wonderful macabre suspense horror 
Joyce Carol Oates herself. Mm-hmm. She is the Joyce Carol Oates of Joyce Carol Oates. She really is. Yeah, she's no, the Jayco. There's no one out the there. The Jake Goat. Yeah, like probably more than any other the writer. The Joyce Carol Oates of all time. Yeah, the jo- she's the most Joyce Carol Oates person out Joyce there. Joyce Carol Oast of all time. The, the, she's the she's the Joyce Carol Oates, Oast. Oates of, yeah. of of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I refer to her like little like like her oats isms uh more than anybody any other writer like like i can i'll make references to things that like king says that are really like you know whatever mm-hmm. but oats says like the best shit yeah daniel should we should we start a recurring segment for oats tober where we pick out her best recent tweets oh i mean like yeah oh there's also her tweets as well i mean th- those are fun um yeah we can not now though mm-hmm I uh, do remember what I was going to try to say. Okay, great. Because uh, you reminded me by because I was thinking like, wait, what are we? Talking what about? you really are. And uh, you mentioned the Whip Round uh, podcast. I did not. Yes, you did. We mentioned uh, Sean Hayes and, and Dr. Phil. Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose I said the word macabre. Well, yeah, no, we we also talked about like stealing the fact yeah. that the splitter tree. Anyway, uh, yeah. for so- those who don't know, the Whip Around is our kissing cousin show mm-hmm. that we're attracted to each other and we really shouldn't be, but no one needs to know. And we kiss <laughs> and kind of jack off each other. Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did with the hand motion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I do want to say is that uh, in in response to in response to them, and I probably should have saved this for the end, but I'm not yeah, feeling well. whatever. I'm not feeling well. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm saying fine. this as it goes along. Drink your wine, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, uh, Mr. Sean Hayes in particular uh, called me out because instead of saying him, you I say, say him. him. Right? You say him every time. And like, and I never realized that was a thing. You know, they'd be like, "Oh, he says him. Get it?" <laughs> yeah, because they're they're mean jerks. Because they like to point out how much you care about your pants. Exactly. However, uh, because of uh, a thing I'm working on right now, um, I now know where it comes from. Okay. The Texan accent that is buried in the way I talk. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because my mother was born in El Paso, and she, so she naturally has a Texan accent that mm-hmm. she doesn't really have as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it still is there. And I was listening to um, like the these interviews, and the 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 narrator when she's conducting interviews, in particular, her accent comes out. And she keeps saying hem. She says hem instead of him. That's interesting. So I was like, oh, yeah, Texan. All right. No, that adds up. So, you know, like like Steve Martin. Steve Martin, um, uh, Texan born, California raised. Yeah. Um, uh, he, yeah, born yeah. in Texas, born in Waco, I think. All right. And uh, he's one of those guys that um, uh, he himself will admit that when he's a little bit drunk or tired or going, like, he'll he'll start dropping his G's and you start talking a little bit more Texas. <laughs> He'd be like running and smoking and talking. <laughs> That's why I, I can't imagine him talking. I'm so used to him sounding. Him? Yeah, him. Uh, I'm so used to him talking like that. Yeah. So like that's 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 crazy. It's it, it's like uh, apparently in that one episode of the live show of uh, Comedy Bang Bang, where sure. Lauren Lapkus like just slipped into her Chicago accent. She said like, "What's the Chicago accent?" She goes. <laughs> They kept making fun of it, so of course it's really exaggerated. But Anybody she, wants some malort? She's like, is that your jacket? <laughs> is that Jack Kennedy? Is that <laughs> essentially? I don't know. Okay, but that's like fine. the way she said it, and of course, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't perfect the nuance of the Chicago accent. Daniel, you're the Gary Oldman of our generation. You I can know, do right? Every accent, but no, no, the way she said, like, is that your jacket or something like that? They jacket. Just, they just called her out on that and couldn't stop making fun of her for it. Hey, that's fair. Yeah, I know. That's the human condition, pointing out all of our, uh, all of our speech. Oh yeah, they're not necessarily speech flaws. They're I just do accents, it. you know. I do it. Like, there's nothing fucking wrong with saying "hem." Mm-hmm. So you know, what's more annoying is people fucking calling me out in the middle of saying it and being like, "You said "hem," and I'm like, "Cool." Well, right. just so, also, <laughs> listeners, so you know, um, this is a great time to launch our brand new kids puppet show, "Ham and Haw." 
where Daniel is just a a fast talking city slicking raccoon who always first things is ham, and I'm a slow speaking easy living donkey who just goes haw. Okay, isn't that an actual thing, ham and haw? I don't know. I don't know, isn't it? I not that I know of. Okay, honestly, if it's not, then it should be. All right, yeah. Well, that's that's, that's listeners write into us, tweet at us, just like Troll Widow, and tell us if Hem and Haw is a thing. If you're the creator of Hem and Haw, <laughs> come sue us. Yeah, I'm sure they're don't dead. sue us. I have no money. I'm sure, they're probably dead. That's the it, yeah. like Hem and Haw sounds like a th- like an old radio show from like the 20s. Yeah, well, you know what? Then let's bring it back. Let's reboot it. So, Gabriel, Oatstober. Speaking of Hem and Haw, mm-hmm. we have Oatstober, right? We sure do. Uh, so. Going into it. Gabriel, I believe you did some research. I did. And uh, I don't know. Have we ever done proper research on this? We, we have. Okay. But actually, Daniel, you're going to... Before, I, I I did research on this story and okay. on this collection. So actually, would you mind giving the listeners a very, like a really brief like primer on Joyce Carol Oates herself? Yeah. Okay. In in brief and kind of off the off the, off the cuff. Off the cuff. Off the cup. That's not a word. I, was gonna, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to say off the cusp or off the cuff. In brief and off the cup. Instead, I went in the middle. That's fine. <laughs> um, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Jay, so Joyce Carol Oates, um, I forgot, she was born in upstate New York, I believe. Mm. Um, she really grew up in, like, a small rural town where, Water. like, there was, like, there was, like, one little, like, school that she went to that was essentially, like, a shack. Sure, it was a know? log cabin in the woods. Everyone had to, was barefoot. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as I know, yeah. She, I mean, oh. she essentially lived in, like, a farm. It was, like, it was, like, a sort of farm. Sure. I don't know what you call it, a ranch? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, I know that some of her earliest uh, inspirations to becoming a writer was uh, she read where her her grandmother gave her a copy of the Alice in Wonderland books. Love it. Um, and particular, like the Jabberwocky is like something that she just like glommed onto. Yeah, no, uh, that's that that is one of those like missing puzzle pieces where mm. it's like once you realize this woman one loves Alice in Wonderland and two the Jabberwocky sticks with her, you're like, oh, that makes all the sense. Yeah, like oddly enough, like kind of think like I don't think about it all the time, but like remembering how the story's written and the fact that like you know that she like grew up just memorizing Alice yeah. and you're like a lyrical oh, okay. quality describing in a whimsical way shocking mm-hmm. violence yeah exactly yeah um yeah and i'm uh, a big fan of alice's adventures in wonderland so yeah like uh kind of just uh, gonna be in brief maybe we'll i'll prepare for something a little more concrete next time but uh but no um she like kind of like grew up yeah she i'm trying to think about anything about her younger years not really uh yeah, but yeah she, go- she was a writer she went to school yeah I think she started first publishing, I think, in the 60s or maybe even 50s. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll look that up next time. But I think, uh, like, yeah, she's always, she's been publishing, like, I think she was in her early 20s, essentially. Cool. But, uh, but yeah, she is, everyone, when you'd mentioned Joyce Carol Oates, you can't help but bring up how prolific she is. She's absurdly prolific to the point that I feel like a lot of my, um, uh, I used to speak for a lot of people in academia that mm. I bartended at a college town and I befriended a lot of English professors, one of which was my very good friend. And, uh, and even they were like, oh... Joyce Carol Oates, like, how many things did she come up with this year? So I don't. I think people don't really. They they kind of. It's like the Stephen King effect. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of count them out because how good could it be if you make this much of it? Yeah. Um. And like that's always kind of like been like a kind of like a lousy opinion as well. Where like uh, Jayco herself always mentions like wrote like a sarcastic thing saying like like it was like oh Jayco just puts out too many books like clearly nothing that she can be doing is worth it like this much. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, basically just like how like critics like only focus on that one thing because you know. They're, la- they're being yeah, lazy usually. Yeah, it's low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's low hanging fruit. That's that's everyone kind of brings up. That said, I mean, she literally does come out with like three books a year. Yeah. Um, like S- some people love.
love the act. Yeah. Uh, and are very good at it. On average, I think basically she puts out one giant long gothic family drama. Yeah. Uh, she puts out one short story collection. Yeah. And she usually puts out one horror novella. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's basically... Yeah, that's been her thing for a while. I've made the the grim joke. Like per year, you mean? Yeah, per year, sorry. Okay. Uh, I've made the grim joke that, um, you know, whenever Joyce Carol Oates does unfortunately pass away, uh, she'll slow down to one The way this year is going. God damn it! (laughs) Sorry. Not only did I interrupt your 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 bit, Uh but also yeah, this way those years going. Yeah, yeah. no, she's 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 doing all right. Um, as far as as far as I know, she's tweeting like crazy. She's a killing machine. Yeah, uh, she she is a teacher as well. She taught in NYU and the uh, the New Jersey one, Princeton. Princeton. Yeah, Princeton. That's what it is. I guess I believe so. Um, that makes sense. I've been to Princeton. Um, I'm trying to think. I didn't Uh, go to Princeton, but I've been to Princeton. She had a fascination with boxing. That is very interesting. Love Uh, that. Her book on boxing is fucking fascinating as hell mm-hmm. um yeah and uh no she's like fucking cool as shit yeah, yeah she's rad we're, we're clearly big fans of her like regardless of our intros yeah. we are huge fans we think she's great yeah you know we're just so, both not feeling well yeah well, i feel fine i'm just annoying because i'm playing persona and i died for no reason <laughs> it's one of those games where when you're when you're party leader dies it's like oops game over and i'm like what, the, what, do you, what do you mean game over everyone else has the phoenix downs yeah. Well, so I was really annoyed about that. That is kind of frustrating. It's not a past pace. You're talking game. about Persona 5. I have not played that one. Great it, game. Is that is that one where like you only really control the one character or do you control them all? Just one character. Okay, okay. Yeah. You're the leader of the team of heists and you're, you know, you're, as you <clears throat> will know from Smash Brothers, you're Joker. Who you hate. Yeah, there's a Joker? Okay. Yeah, remember? I don't think you never cared. It's, you, you see like a, a a goth edgelord boy in Smash Brothers in online play, and you're like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway, so Gabriel, please tell us about the story. So let's see here. The story we did is called Angel of Wrath. Okay. Not the Angel of Wrath, correct? Uh, yeah. It's called Angel of Wrath from her collection Female... The female, the female of the species. This collection was published on January 9th, 2006. And the story itself originally appeared in Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine in June of 2002. For those who don't know, Ellery Queen is a digest-sized crime fiction magazine that began in 1941 and is still published today, which I had no idea. Okay. It was one of the only, like, like constant fiction publications to still weather all like the, the death of, like, fiction, like, publications. Wow. It's right. pretty cool. So, Daniel, I gotta admit, there isn't that much more to be said about this short story yeah. or this collection, other than it focuses on the female of the species, often dark stories from a female point of view. So, along those notes, I decided to do something a little bit different. Okay. And I decided to talk a little bit about the cover of this collection. Ooh, Caravaggio! We're, oops. We're gonna. T- Daniel hit the book with uh, the microphone. The book. Hit the mic of the book. I hit the microphone of the book. Yes, just like Judith did. Okay. So, um, on is that is that an original edition, Ayo? Uh, yeah. I think this is like the one of like the first printings of the. I have a hardcover with yes. the original dust jacket, which has the. I'm sure it's going to. Describe we collect as the books. Uh, so it is the famous painting by Caravaggio mm-hmm. of Judith beheading Holofernes. Holofernes? I'm not sure. Yeah, something like but that. But if uh, it's one of those classic Baroque paintings where it's a young woman cutting the throat and head off of a man. Yes. It's pretty awesome. So, a little bit of backstory on that. Um, Italian Baroque painter Caravaggio painted this between 1598 and 1602. It is located in Rome at the Galleria Nazionale d'Arte Antica at Palazzo Barberini. Mm-hmm. 
So the account of the beheading of Holofernes by Judith is given in the biblical book of Judith, who knew? Mm-hmm. And it's a subject of many paintings and sculptures from the Renaissance and Baroque periods, especially in the Baroque period when people started like painting more vile and graphic material, yeah. which is kind of cool. The story revolves around Judith, a daring and beautiful widow who was upset with her Jewish countrymen for not trusting God to deliver them from their foreign conquerors. She goes for loyal maid, Abra, to the camp of the enemy general, Holofernes, with whom she slowly ingratiates herself, promising him information on the Israelites. Gaining his trust, she is allowed access to his tent one night as he lies in a drunken stupor. She decapitates him, then takes his head back to her fearful countrymen. Mm-hmm. Quote the actual line from the book of Judith. Approaching to his bed, she took hold of the hair of his head. Judith 13, 7, 8. Mm-hmm. The Assyrians, having lost their leader, disperse, and Israel is saved. And though she's courted by many, Judith remains unmarried for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, well, here's some fun facts about it, or at least one or two anyway. In its many reproductions of art, uh, Judith is often accompanied by her maid, Abra, which... It was done because they wanted to differentiate her from Salome. You see a painting mm-hmm. of a woman cutting off another man's head, and people be like, oh, that's a tale of Salome. Mm-hmm. And Salome did not. It was it, That's why you often have John the Baptist and his head on a plate of silver, which was her whole deal. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe the second most famous version of this painting was inspired by this one. It was painted by Artemisia Gentileschi, who painted her own far more violent version mm-hmm. but you know it's it's kind of fascinating I, I went on a little rabbit hole of like feminist painting the baroque period mm-hmm. and you can see in the comp- like comparing the two paintings in caravaggio's judith has this kind of is is, is prettier there's a like a slightly more sexualized look to her mm-hmm. she has this kind of look of the like, like kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for um, revulsion and doubts of what she's doing. She's uh-huh. like, oh boy, I'm cutting this guy's head off, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, she's kind of like being a cool, a cool cucumber about it. You know, yeah, a little she's bit. kind of being like, oh boy. Th- there's a little bit of just being like, she looks a little conflicted. She, she looks like she's worried about the stains on her carpet as she's exactly. as she's tor- tearing this guy's fucking throat off. Whereas, yeah. uh, again, listeners, I recommend Caravaggio's painting of Judith beheading Holofernes, as opposed to Artemisia's, which is a like physical struggle of the maid am holding him down and her driving the like over him, driving the knife in his throat. Mm. So if you ever want to dig a hole into the whole concept of male gaze and female painters in the Baroque period. Fascinating breakdown. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a very, very good choice for the cover of a collection called The Female of the Species by Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah. Also, um, uh, the Nerd Writer, uh, a YouTube uh, uh, video essay. I have not seen this video. We constantly bring up. Um, recently, I think the second most recent video that he has done uh, as of right now was on Caravaggio. Oh, cool. Um, oddly enough, uh, a, a lot of his other paintings aren't this violent. Yeah, um, Caravaggio did not do a lot of violence. Because I, I, I thought th- anyway. Because I think this this uh, this painting is actually on like the cover art for the thing. Mm-hmm. But like in the video, like when they actually when he cycles, he doesn't actually go into this one at all. But like when he cycles through like all the different Caravaggio paintings, like when this one comes up, you're just like, ah, what was that? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, listeners, I don't know if you can tell, but Daniel and I are kind of starved for going to art museums. It's mm. like one of my favorite things to do in like life, and ain't been doing that. So moop. I don't know why. I, I can't imagine why. I mean, I mean, like, like last thing on it, Daniel. I mean, like, I mean, basically, yes. Just watch the Nerd Writer for more art breakdown, and for even better art breakdown, watch Super Eye Patch Wolf's videos, including his recent breakdown of his Bleach video. <laughs> Daniel, Ble- Bleach the anime. Yes, uh-huh. there's a whole f- really great thing about it. 
wonderful story analysis. Yeah. Daniel, do you want to tell the fine listeners, because I've been talking too long, yeah. about the story itself, Angel of uh, Wrath, the penultimate story in this collection? Yeah, Angel of Wrath, which you randomly selected. I, I have yes. not I have not read this yes. one. I, 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 I picked numbers, yeah. and you, you ran your finger down. And funnily enough, partway through this reading this story, I was like, oh boy, why did Daniel pick this? Oh, it was me. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is completely at random. In fact, uh, I, I think I've only read like one or two uh, stories from this. The, uh, the first... Have we done a story from this before, Daniel? I don't think so. The The first story, So Help Me God, mm-hmm. is actually the second Oats, Oats story I've ever read. Oh, wow. The first one we did last year, I believe it was just called Haunted. Mm. Um, that was the first one. This was the second one. Like I bought them like one after the other. Is that the one with the dolls? No, no, no. That was the doll ma- master. Which one was Haunted? Haunted was the one about the, the, the two girls uh, when they were children were best friends. And then like the one starts being like an alpha and the other one doesn't like it. Oh, yeah. And then like she kind of like can like psychologically manipulates her friend into going into a haunted house that might have like a crazy yeah, that's right. homeless I that woman one in it. Oof. Yeah. Um, that was the first one. That I read this and I was just like, I love this. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm sold. I bought the ticket. Uh-huh. Uh, Gabriel, yes. Um, I'm sorry. So real quick, uh, Angel of Wrath. Wrath, not mercy. Every time I open this book up, I actually open up to the next story, which is Angel of Mercy. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking, oh, it is called Angel of Mercy. Yes. And it's not. <laughs> yeah, we had a brief debate about okay. that. So that said, um, in brief, I'm trying to be as brief, brief as possible about this. Uh, this is the story. We're in the mind of a man named Gideon. Gilead. Gilead. Yes. Really? Okay. Jesus yes. Christ. <laughs> did you think it was Gideon this whole time? No, I don't. I, I just, I, it, I also did research for gatekeepers. So like all of Gatekeeper. this got kind of like washed out of my brain because I'm, I was focused on the other thing. But also, Daniel, may I mention, I don't think I told you this in person, mm-hmm. um, great work on adding more strange sound effects to Gatekeeper oh. last week. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I was, I went back and listened and, and just like listened to the whole thing, which, you know, when, when one of us can't guess the fucking thing, our episodes end up being really long because of it. Yeah, yeah. Also, I was pretty drunk. Yeah. That's it. Gilead. So we're in the mind of Gilead over here. Yes. Uh, and he is someone, we don't actually know like 100% the hard facts of it, but mm-hmm. we know that he, he's, he's 23. He's kind of like a big man. He supposedly yes. looks powerful. Yes. Um, he's very intimidating looking. He's very intimidating looking. Supposedly, uh, supposedly uh, women are kind of into that. But uh, he kind of, he mentions that they had a strange relationship with his mother where she was abusive. Yes. And might have uh, attacked him, injured him, whatever, with a knife. There are some gruesome qualities to him that Joyce Carol Oates never, never like, like fleshes out entirely. Yeah. Like he suggests there's like burns on his face and he suggests that there's a kind of like a cut on his throat. Yeah. That's all implication, but he can't talk too good. I, I believe, I believe the, I believe what happened was that from what I can gather, my interpretation is that his mother, uh, like cut his throat with a serrated knife. Yes. And because of like the abusive relationship that he had with her, it was like, he kind of perceives it like this was out of love. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she meant to kill a him. theme that I've never, whatever. like Joyce Carol Loats, what? Yeah, right. Uh, so, so, uh, but yeah, but we don't know. The, the he talks about fires and burns, but that also could be how he interprets. Yes, he kind of either exaggerates or that's how he reads his own kind of quote unquote deformities, mm-hmm. possibly from this. But it also fucked up the way he talks, and he tends to have. Um, like spells of like paralysis and trembling. We don't know exactly what, again, like it's kind of like he kind of tells us it could be several things and we don't necessarily know exactly the yes. hard facts. He is not mentally all there. No. He, su- supposedly he's described by himself as always being kind of slow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's a, uh, the, the actual main action in this is that apparently like a random woman like gives him like a polite smile and he has a 
fanatical like thing where like he wants to be her her beloving her loving protector yes even though like from like minute go she means like are you stalking me please go away yes and in his mind as i'm sure it often is in these kind of terrifying cases it's purely innocent in his own mind he sees this lady she um she has a baby the baby has nice eyes Mm -hmm. and he's like oh this is my woman but yeah. not like this is my woman. It's like I will protect this woman. It, it's not even necessarily like there's a, a possession to it. There, there is a possession. There's like a mother thing because she's a young mother. Yeah. Um. It has something to do with, yeah. It, it it's a lot to it's kind complex. of complex. It is complex, and basically the story. Long story short, and just to, to spoil it, I guess is that yeah, no, she starts threatening him with the police and everything. Yeah, he keeps he is stalking her. Straight he, up. he is one hundred percent stalking her like constantly. Like it is an obsession. It is a yeah. fanatical obsession. But it, it's, uh, uh, if I can draw the comparison though for listeners, um, it's not like Carolyn Kepnes's you. There is not. There is a very. Uh, innocent quality to what he perceives as stalking her mm-hmm. there is no machiavellian like i'm going to systematically hunt her yeah. he has a a like almost yeah like a like a child like like oh i she's i'm gonna be there she's gonna see me there yeah there is a grotesque purity to yes him, i mean to it, kind it, of quote the story directly it doesn't justify anything that goes down yeah. and it doesn't make it okay yeah, but in his own mind, there's he's not a schemer. He is he he's on a message from God. He, he is on a, a message mission from God. from God. And also, like he is he as as th- there's an interest th- interesting thing going on as like kind of things escalate with him in this relationship with this woman whose name is Katrina, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katrina um, Grady. Katrina Grady is that basically like for as horrible and awful and generally scary this guy is like like something will happen and we move kind of forward with him like increasingly just being like Ugh. and then like we kind of pull back because yes. we're he's a very pathetic sympathetic kind of person yeah, he's and... trying he sees his doctor his doctor's trying to be uh, trying to help him yeah and you know and he is a victim of abuse himself yes severe abuse yes so like this is kind of how he interprets love yes yeah you know like I, I i feel like we should we sh- you should spell out the very end of the story mm. already because yeah, I, yeah. I worry that our interpretation or description of him is colored by the ending. Yeah, no, it's, it, totally. So basically, eventually what happens, uh, we kind of see Katrina herself like one of the good moments that she runs up to him and is like, it's like, why you like, you keep trying to tell me that you love me. He also can't talk possibly. Yeah. Um, or, he, uh, he croaks basically. Yeah, he, 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 can't, he, he can't speak very well. Yeah. Or, or possibly chooses not to. We don't know exactly. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but she tells him like like there's no way you can love me. You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. Like please go away. And then eventually yeah. she kind of like she's going through her own thing, breaking down because of this guy. But yeah. she basically reveals to him that she's on her own sort of decline. Yeah, she is on her own sort of decline, and it and it's not just this guy. Um, yes. But basically, like she shoots him. She was drunk one night, and he's doing his stalker thing. Yes. And she shoots him in the leg, and she has a panic because she's like i'm drunk i shot him this is not a legal gun yes uh she she She, she takes him into her home because she's worried that if she gets reported she will lose her child yeah uh which is true yeah (laughs) i mean completely true uh yeah it's joyce carl oh she has all that shit like she's like yeah i know this trust me Mm -hmm. um so uh and so she kind of develops she she kind of takes him into the house she forms a sort of relationship with him like it is it is mostly innocuous yeah it is innocuous like it is this crazy thing where like she 
we don't know exactly if she's also just using him, but like they almost kind of, she, yes. she kind of like kind of like see each other more as like damaged people than mm-hmm. they are just like than like a, a Madonna and then just like a total villain. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's there there is this, a strange kind of complexity to this this kind of connection they form. Yes, um, and basically yeah, the story ends with uh, a Katrina go like recognizing what this guy what he what he sees in her mm-hmm. is that he she says listen this the, big Michael Shannon motherfucker. There's this guy with two awkward names. It was like Marshall something. Yeah, let's call him Marsh. That's what she calls him, Marsh. Uh, and she she goes like, "This is the guy who put the baby in me. He wanted to have uh, a, an abortion. Mm-hmm. He wants nothing to do with me." And I said, "I said no. I'm going to have the child." Marshall Hagen. Yeah, Marshall Hagen. Um, and she's like, "I'm not going to tell you to do anything." And I, you know, I don't mean I don't mean to put any idea in your head, but I want you to look at him. Remember what he looks like. This is where he lives. And I want you to do what you want to do, essentially. Yes. Uh, and he, uh, this guy who also brutally kills a dog uh, anno- uh, that lives next door for her. Yes. In the beginning, quote unquote, for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he find he, the book ends with him brutally murdering this man in a change of perspective. Interestingly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah a change of perspective, and, and basically, and then he kind of goes. It, the, the The story ends after the murder. I don't know if directly after murder, maybe like shortly. I think it was days after, right? I think it's shortly after. Was it shortly after? Yeah, I mean that could be interpreted like, but very quickly or not. It's not long. In a non, in a not sexual kind of like thing, where basically she welcomes, she welcomes him into him, him. Take that, Sean, <laughs> uh, into into her bedroom to basically just like watch over her, and she uh, she starts nursing her child, Reuben, and basically it just ends with this this guy, this damaged man who ha- is has done horrible things and is kind of living yeah. his life due to the abuse and violence that he grew up in, mm-hmm. just kind of like like on like kind of like just like looking at this and saying like what a beautiful what a beautiful thing i'm witnessing thing and like how do, like why would anybody hurt this because for all of this guy's horrible damage, like, damage thinking the, the, the horrible things he never ever ever feels any anger or violence towards her or the child yeah uh that's yeah, directly yes. you know so like so yeah like that does actually match with like the horrible Mm-hmm. things that he th- believes is happening around him. Yeah, so, no, you're right. It's a complicated thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there is, and, and, and as always, it's wonderful about Joyce Carol Oates. This is a not not a long story, but yeah. there's a lot to break down in terms of who is guilty, who is innocent, whose perspective are we seeing things from, mm-hmm. and many, many people will get a many different interpretation from this. Yes, uh, but I tell you what, I... I, I, I don't know how much I can talk more about this. Uh, there's a, okay, l- let's go to I got break. a lot to say, Daniel. I, I got a lot to say, too. I got but, a lot to say. But, yeah. hey, now's not the time for feelings. Okay, that's you know, fair. You know what now's the time for? What's the, what, huh? A game. Wine? Gabriel? Wine? We're going to go to break and Gwen? wine. You can drink your wine. Go ahead. Okay. Drink your wine, darling. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go to... That's another Texan thing, darling. I, I've been hearing a lot of that in my head. Um, okay. You know, I mean head. I mean, don't mean like the interviews. I just mean in my head. No, I know. Uh, Gabriel? We're going to go break. Okay. When we come back, we have a game to play. All right. And then when we come back from that, we're going to talk about our feelings and Angel of Wrath. Angel of Wrath. Not Mercy. Not Mercy. Gabriel? Okay. Throw it to break. Done. And we're back. I'm Gabe. I'm Daniel. I'm Joyce Carol Oates. Gatekeeper. Oh. Huh? Tales of the Crypt Keeper. Gatekeeper. 
Joyce Carol Oates, your Joyce Carol Oates thing? Hey, okay. That's a, there's, there's a something in there. Sure. Somewhere. He's got to run much for it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, we'll finish it out. Uh, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. We have a game to play. We do. And it's a game mm-hmm. that we've been playing. Yes. A little thing called Gatekeeper. 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 Gabriel. Yeah. This is the game that works most of the time. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I, I think I I enjoy it very much. I think for, I wonder, listeners tweet at us, like, uh-huh. seriously, is it more fun for you when we don't get it or more fun for you when we do get it? Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, like, there's always... I, I, I enjoy a game on a show more when I'm yelling the answer at it. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll say, like, they've always been very, very amusing for one reason or another. I mean, even, like, even when they tend not to work well. Um, but yeah, but we've had kind of like a weird run for the past like month or two, essentially with Gatekeeper. Yeah. But that's it. Mm -hmm. Real quick, Gatekeeper. Yeah. Is the game where I have something in my head that is usually somewhat related to like the subject that we're covering. Daniel has an answer. Yeah. I have an answer in my head and Gabriel, you need to guess it. Mm -hmm. To guess it, I will give you 10 gates, AKA hints. Or clues. Or clues. Blues, clues. Uh, but basically, yeah, that you will select at random. Each then will each gate will basically give you some small information. Mm-hmm. Some of it trivia, some of it like hard facts, yada yada. Yeah. Um, and basically, at every gate, you can choose to answer the question and yeah. get it right. You start with ten points. Yes. You start with ten points. If you guess it and get it wrong, you lose two points and have to move on to the next gate. Yes. Uh, or you can choose to pass and lose one point. It's very complicated. So your points are always going down. The, the 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 goal of this is to win with as many points as possible. Yes. Yes. Right now, you are... The I'm the sc- grand master of this you, game so far. You're the high score. Yes. And we'll see if you can beat it. Mm-hmm. The score you need to beat. I have received two high scores in a row. Yes. Two high scores in a row, which means that you have 20 out of 10. Yes. Yes. So let's see if you can beat it this okay. time. Okay. So Gabriel. Yes. The thing that I'm thinking of in is my head. Is it Dan Nitro Clark? Has something to do with just It's because Gabriel, this is a spooky season. September. Spooky season. Uh, Spooptober. And Gabriel keeping in the theme of horror. Yeah. Gabriel. Yeah. What horror movie am I thinking of? Oh boy. So that said, start the music. Okay. By the way, I'm putting my foot down in the way I talk. I'm saying start from now on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Start the theme I music. Said start, I said start the theme music at the top, mm-hmm. but like it's one of those things that now I can't stop thinking about. Yes. All right. That's it. Uh-huh. Gabriel, I need you to pick a number between one and Dios. Daniel, it is tradition for this game. We always start with gate seven to heaven. All right. Gate seven to heaven. And again, it's back. I'm hoping this is a challenge I'm or back. that I'll, 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 you know, keep you guessing for a good while. And while I'm hoping, I, I'm always worried that you're not going to guess what yes. this is because you don't know what it is. But usually when I tend to think like that, you usually get it right away because you know, I was like so worried and then you guess it. So, mm-hmm. so that's it. Yes, Number Daniel. Seven. Rob Zombie wanted to remake the original film back around 2009. As of 2015, Con Air director Simon West is attached to... <laughs> direct or as I misspelled it here erect <laughs> <laughs> oh that's interesting um, Rob Zombie certainly has a lot of plans that he only occasionally falls up on yeah. he definitely did do uh, he did um, a Halloween reboot which was poorly received mm-hmm. starring Scouts Taylor Thompson Compton was she in it? That's right. She was, she was a star. I didn't see any. Of I never saw I it. I also, movies. I only really remember that her name is Scout Taylor Compton. Yeah. How many, how many Rob Zombie movies have you seen? 
one and I absolutely hated it. I saw two and each of them I absolutely hated. Yeah, my apologies to the late wonderful Ryan Snyder. Um, the Haunted World of El Superbisto is terrible. Yeah. It's just terrible. Sorry, Ryan. That movie sucked. Mm-hmm. Wait, sorry, in 2009, you said? 2009. Around 2009. Okay. There were talks of him. He was like saying, I'm going to remake this. My 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 inclination is toward Nightmare on Elm Street because I, I heard recently he was eyeing another reboot of that because the Jackie Earl Haley one didn't get off the ground mm-hmm. starring another girl of three first names. But, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Daniel, I'm going to have to pass. Simon West is the director. Simon West is the new, okay. is the latest person to be attached to it. Okay. Director of Con Air. Mm-hmm. Right. Moving on. Moving on. Gabriel? Yes. Pick a number between one and ten. Three. Okay. This, this might be a, a huge help. Okay. And also I have different layers where if you're struggling, I'll kind of give you additional hints. Mm-hmm. But none such luck just yet. I guess you might be able to guess right now. Mm-hmm. The original film takes place in small Pennsylvanian towns. Towns, plural. Mm-hmm. Supposedly two, yeah. Interesting. There are additional hints there, like the names of the towns, but I will not give them unless you're struggling. Okay, let's see. That's very interesting. My, my here's where my gut's going. Mm-hmm. My gut is thinking Children of the Corn because. Talking about talking about corn, talking about Pennsylvania, talking about driving through fields and being terrified, like I've done many a time. Um, but I'm also kind of considering Silent Hill because I got Centralia. I, 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 you know what? I'm, I'm still gonna hold off for now because I want to say Children of the Corn because multiple towns implies, um, it's, it's not a single location, so it's not like Texas Chainsaw. It's not. It can't be Nightmare on Elm Street. That's not a thing. Because those are all one location stories. So I'm narrowing it down to like around those two, but let's keep on going. All right, Gabriel, moving down. You have eight points. Moving down the road. I'm keeping track. You got eight points. Okay. Gabriel, pick a number between one and ten. Let's go with one. One? Okay. All right, Gabriel. Mm hmm. Number one. At least one of the films in this sort of franchise stars a leading actor. From Entourage. Interesting. Hmm. One of these. There's a couple big hints there that kind of widen the view of what this possibly could be. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. It would have to be Jeremy Piven. It can't be any of the other guys. Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. Um, that's, that doesn't help. I'm sure it's going to lock in, but... As you know, Daniel, I'm not a big horror film fan. Mm. That my my I love horror films to the point that my bar is so high that I refuse to watch anything that's not like great, mm-hmm. which makes me a snob. Uh, whatever, fuck you, Daniel. I I I I don't think I can comfortably guess right away. I think like this like a we're, we're right in the line. All right, Gabriel, you're down to seven points. <gasps> Gabriel, yep. Pick a number between one and ten. Nine. Nine. Okay, Gabriel. Yeah. I think this is going to be a big, a good one. Um, especially if you know anything about this. We'll this see. should be a good hint. Okay. All right. Gabriel. Yes. Number nine. The terrifying villain of the film has one weakness. 
The cold. The cold? The cold. Oh, dear. I might not get this after all. <laughs> the cold? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Boy, that really, that, that, that threw me for a loop. I, I, I feel right now there's there's probably a lot of film people out there who are losing their minds or like because like I think I think those those were several hints that like if you knew about it I, I can tell right now this is gonna be outside of your wheelhouse so yeah that's I, fine I'm gonna re I'm gonna read additional uh, 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 like the one thing about locations right oh no not yet um okay. I'll, I'll request them like if if I'm getting to like once I get to like once, four once points, to, I was gonna say once you go below five. Okay, yeah, okay. like four points. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Gabriel, you got seven points. You want to? Go I got to nothing. That fear the cold. Damn, you're going down to six points, bro. Is it Leprechaun? <laughs> Why would he be afraid of the cold? The cold. Gabriel, I need you to pick a number between one and ten. Uh, two. Two. Okay. Okay, this could be it. Mm-hmm. This could be it. The original. Stars a Hollywood legend in his or her first leading role in a major film. The original. The original. Stars a Hollywood legend in their first feature film. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That also comes with another, uh, another like little secret hint that I'll give you in just a moment. Hollywood legend first feature film. Boy, I feel like once I know this, it's gonna it's gonna hit me in the face. Want, want me to go through the, the things that you have? Okay. No, yeah, please. Okay, do. so at least one of the films in this sort of franchise stars a leading actor from Entourage. Mm -hmm. uh, the original stars a Hollywood legend in his or her first re leading role in a major film. Leading role. The original film takes place in a small in small Pennsylvania towns. And Rob Zombie wanted to make a remake. Uh, as of 2015, Connor director Simon West is attached to direct or erect. And, but obviously nothing has come to fruition, by the way. Clearly not. Uh, and the terrifying villain of the film has one weakness. The cold. Boy, that's the one that's really sticking in my maw. Mm. I don't know, Dana. I have to go for one more game. One more? You're going down to five points? Five points. Do you want your, do you want your hint? I'll, how about this? I'll, get, I'll let you guess, then I'll tell you the additional hints, right? Okay. Pick a number between one and ten. Uh, nine. Did I say nine already? I said nine already. Yeah, I'm, uh, how about six? Uh, okay. <laughs> Alright, this one, I'm sorry, this probably won't help. I'll give you the other, point, the other mm. things as well. In discussion with Richard Dawkins, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson has stated that this classic movie monster is the most scientifically fascinating. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm gonna give you the other hints as well. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think, I think I got it. Okay. Gabriel, you got five points. Uh huh. Are you gonna make a guess? Daniel, is it the blob? Gabriel, it is the blob. Yes, the cold, the cold, the cold, did, like, the cold. Like, it doesn't like the cold. Yeah, I'm like, That's, what? That was leading man Steve McQueen in his first. I knew leading it. Role. See, like, like, <laughs> weirdly enough. The thing that finally got me mm -hmm. was I made the, the weird association. I'm like, like science, future. No, wait a minute. Zombies ate my neighbors. The one thing that kills the blobs are popsicles. There are blobs in the 
Yeah, the only way to kill them is with popsicles. Oh, cool. I didn't actually know that. Gabriel, congratulations. Thank five, you. Five points. Woo. That was a squeaker. That's, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't need the handicaps. This is this is that's perfect middle ground there. Yes. Five points. I'm happy. Like that was a challenge, yeah. but you got it. Got it, got it. Gabriel. Uh-huh. Alright, let me give you the additional the additional hints and everything that sure. you get. So um, for number two, uh, the original stars of Hollywood Legend. Um, the other the other thing attached to that was the film was released as a double feature with "I Married a Monster from Outer Space," of course, which uh, I think would have like really narrowed down like the win of it, you know. Them, uh, uh, that you know that was also the name of uh, the biopic of any of the wives um, of Stephen Queen. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Ellie McGraw story. I married a monster. Gabriel, number three. Um, the original film takes place in small Pennsylvania towns, which were Phoenixville and Downington. Uh, Would and not have known that. Here's the other thing. The film was actually shot in Valley Forge. Hey. Um, oddly enough, uh, in Downington is the scene where like the famous... Uh, I've never seen the, the blob. The, in the, well, you know, like the famous thing in like the theater where the blob attacks a movie theater? Yeah, I know. I know like, yeah, from that, context. That was shot in Downington and that same um, movie theater will, will play the blob and apparently it's this thing where like during that scene where like the blob attacks like everyone just goes ah and they run other that's cool yeah listeners if you don't know this daniel and i are from pennsylvania yeah uh also my dad has invited me to go to him to i think it's called blob fest Mm -hmm. which they do it every year and i've been like that's all right (laughs) daniel has anyone played the blob in real life x-men films yet Nah, I don't know, maybe an X-Men 3 or something like that. Mm. Uh, moving on, number four. Uh, there are three film entries in this sort of franchise. The first is a classic film. The second is called a is was called a hippie movie. I know nothing about the second one, which is called Beware the Blob. <laughs> I've never heard uh, of that. I didn't know that was a thing, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Um, they came out in the 70s. Dude, uh, like, like I'm, 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 actually, um, please answer this after the clues. Yeah. Uh, I just burped. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> I, I, I really drew that one out. I don't actually know the story of the blob. Okay, so. I'll, I'll give that a moment. Um, and uh, also, there was a—I'll tell you—I didn't have this written down. In the '80s, there was a third uh, remake. There was a remake, uh, which is a B—I have, have written down. It was a B movie with really gross special effects. Cool. Um, only the original was successful and is considered a classic Hollywood movie. Yes. Because Beware the Blob. Like no, everyone pretends no one it doesn't exist. That is. The eighties movie, people love it because it was apparently co-written by uh, Frank Durabant. Oh, cool! Uh, stars uh, Kevin Dillon. Oh, it wasn't Jeremy Piven? No, it was, it was I was Kevin. like, is it Adrian Grenier? Also, I can't stress has like really fucking gross goddamn special effects. Like they took the concept, like this thing where in the original movie it was just like this blob that would like attack people and be like ah, and then like in the eighties one, it is fucking gross because it like people dissolving and shit. Cool. Uh, it's it, I'll I'll show you. It's disgusting. That sounds rad. Um, in the original, the terror of the film comes from outer space. In the remake, the terror was man-made, uh, was man-made, uh, as a, uh, Cold War bioweapon. Okay. Um, and discussion, oh, that was the last one. Oddly enough, that was the one you got. I can't believe that. <laughs> well, the Neil deGrasse Tyson Yeah, the Neil, yeah, because I was... Uh, it, 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 the listeners, it goes to show you never know when it'll all click together. Yeah, that's, uh, this is why I'm really happy when Gatekeeper works out, where it's like, this one, I write that down because, like, that's so interesting in every yeah. single one, even if they don't help... They're supposed to kind of like hopefully jog something yeah. from there. I think no. part of it is that if Neil deGrasse Tyson says that it's the only realistic thing, it's like, well, then it's nothing humanoid. Well, and I think there's something weird in the back of my mind. It's like, <laughs> what's something that's not that's not like the thing? Yeah. And obviously I wouldn't do that uh, Again. because I already did that. <laughs> yeah. But um, but he doesn't say it's realistic, most scientifically just interesting because he probably thinks, like probably since he was caught, it's like, how does a blob work? And he just like worked it out. Sure. Um, The poster says indescribable indestructible nothing can stop it it's marvelous and the same and the same thing because that wasn't helpful gotcha. uh, a major set piece takes place in a diner and an additional hint was and another at lover's lane okay 
Um, yeah, which actually the features in like the beginning in the first movie and also in the remake. In the remake, it is uh, kind of what people would refer to now and that now uh, as today as quote unquote rapey. Mm. But yeah, and and again, like because it's um. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, like the everyone just the whole movie is just people getting eaten by the blob. Like, it's not a good movie. It's just like you want to see some gross ass special effects. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's not really my bag. The the film has an upbeat. There's number 10. The film has an upbeat and corny title song that plays over the movie's opening credits. The song was a national hit. Really? Do you know? Beware of the blob. It creeps and creaks and slides up and on the walls. And to I do not. Beware of the blob. Daniel, are you aware of the classic John Saxon film, The Glove? No. It is a horrible, horrible B-movie about like a killer glove, and John Saxon faces off against it, I believe. Uh-huh. And it has like a theme song along those lines, and it's like, no one can escape. The threat of the glove. <laughs> it's really great. That, that's that's amazing. These old fashioned like 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 yeah double feature horror films that yeah. just have like the corniest like poppiest songs. I love it. You know? Bring them back. Bring them back, for baby. The, for the next uh 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 uh, uh, uh for those dumb movies called what? Um, Gura. No, like the James Wan movies, uh, Insidious. Blumhouse? The oh, next Insidious. Insidious. <laughs> the next, almost like I thought of Insidious. I'm like, that's not the title. That's a terrible title. Yeah. It is the title. But um, but the next one, just have a poppy fucking song. You know, I, I want the next like Conjuring film to have like, like, and it can't be an experimental, like, like cutting edge pop artist. Yeah. I want it to be like Celine Dion or Tony Braxton sings the theme song to mm. the next Conjuring. It, it needs to be, it needs to be an actual like radio song. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, there's nothing really to get uh, in the original movie. Basically, well, in all actually, a blob I, comes from space and kills. I things? have no idea what Bureau the Blob is, by the way. Um, yes, but a meteor, a meteor lands. It crashes in like some rural area, of Pennsylvania. Um, some old man finds it and it basically gets stuck to his arm. He goes, some teens at Lover Lane kind of rescue him and bring him to the hospital. That's and, nice the and, teens. Then, and then they're like, the blob eats the entire man. Uh, it starts out just like this little kind of like, this like little, uh, like grapefruit, the grapefruit uh, size thing. And basically every time it eats something, it just grows bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like many a flash game. Stuff happens. Uh, at, like there's like set pieces. There, Who's some, Steve McQueen in it? Steve McQueen is the one of the teens from Lover Lane. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, it was his first movie. Was he like 32 playing a teen? He was probably like 25-ish. Okay. I don't know. I, I, Steve McQueen always looks the same age to me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, uh, yeah. And he, yeah, like uh, basically at some point they find out that like the blob, uh, it doesn't like the cold and basically at some- Popsicle. For one reason or another, they freeze it. Uh, f- here's a funny thing. In the original- um, basically, they get like the government to kind of uh, fly the uh, frozen blob body essentially to the, uh, uh, the Antarctica. That makes sense. Where they they make a ju- the, it has one of the best endings ever. Where they just go like it'll be safe as long as the Antarctic is frozen, huh? and then it ends with like uh, them like dropping like like a parachuted like kind of like box on the Antarctic, and it says the end, and then the exclamation mark turns into a question mark. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And in the the remake, they put the remains of the blob in like an in like a fucking ice house. Okay. Like they just like I got a cold <laughs> I got a cold room and they just put it in there. And they like, put it in the fridge that saved Indiana Jones's life. Basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the most indestructible fridge. The most lunch. indestructible thing. But yeah. Daniel, uh, another great gatekeeper. Yeah. Another well, great keeper. Another great keeper. 
Great keeper. Great keeper. Yeah, that's it. Um, we're, we're going break. I'm like mm-hmm. sweating now. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll go on break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our, our feelings with Joyce Carol Oates. Gabriel. And Angel of Wrath. Throw it to break. Oh, here we go. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Two. Slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature hoedown. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Spooptober. Spooptober. Oh, it's Tober, more like Oh, it. it's Tobin. Gabriel. Yep. So we read a lot of Joyce Keller Oates in this show. We have. She might be our most read author. At this point, she has to be. Um, except maybe like fucking Salinger because we have like nine episodes of his shit. Yeah, it was one book. <laughs> yeah, it was one book. We were doing the stories. I uh, forgot we did that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, like, we're coming on year three of this show. Yeah. We only did uh, three episodes of uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn or whatever. Or maybe not that one. The other one. Um, the one in Africa. What was it called? Oh, Poisonwood Bible? Yeah, Poisonwood Bible. That's that was a great book. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Joyce Carol Oates. This is, we've we've joked before in our earlier episodes, this is the Joyce Carol Oates podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and for October, we're just like, hey, want to actually be the Joyce Carol Oates yeah, podcast? Yeah, it's easy. Honestly, listeners, let's, we're, we're not going to bullshit you. We love doing Joyce Carol Oates short stories because yeah. I get to read for fun instead of being forced to read a novel I don't want to read for our show. As as horrifying, as, as uncomfortable as her stories can kind of, can really make you. Um, yeah, no, they're like... Like the one, the one thing you can say about her as a negative is that she's almost like, she's almost too much of like, it's like, she's almost too clutch, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I, I'm always, I always love when we, we read something and we're just being like, was this not good? And we're like, yeah. I think that's, that's the unfortunate <laughs> consequence of, of so what, what we talked about being, being very, very pl- um, uh, proliferate. Proliferate. Yeah. For, for having such an, a huge output and really this is not a jinxing sentiment and because she's still alive. Yes. That, you know, she's like... Doing, yeah, she's doing okay. That, like, like if... It, when, if and when, if and when she passes from a mortal coil, there's going to be a massive reevaluation and everyone's going to be like, wow, what a fucking batting record. Uh, I, I think it's going to be something where, like... I mean, honestly, like, I have I have made a dent in her entire bibliography. Sure. So, like, I, I don't... Like, I, I feel like it would be a cool thing to be like, like, what are your favorite... What are the old stories that you love? Mm-hmm. Because, like, for example, to this day, the first... One of the first things I've read from her, I think, no, I think it was, it was the third thing. I literally went, I went haunted. I went, so help me God. That one, sorry, that one over there. Sure. And then I did Blackwater and Blackwater like sold it for me. Absolutely. Blackwater is to this day, it is one of the greatest things I've ever read, period. Yeah. It hits every base for me. And really like, like I, I, there is a lot of the stories we've done for her so far. Mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, it's kind of fucked up, but mm-hmm. I like it. But I feel like Blackwater is essential reading. Yeah, and there's because there's, there's nothing gruesome about it. It's just a tale of human cruelty and lyricism and poetry and just love. Yeah. and it's it's awful and it, it's uh, it's one of the greatest things ever written. I think. Yeah, it uh, yeah totally and and so but I'm curious what like if you go to somebody else who like reads Joyce Carol I want to be like what, which which are the stories that you like the most because mm-hmm. like I feel like they're going to be different from the ones that that, that you like you know. I mean I I I, I can't wait to I want to read Blonde one day. Yeah. I, I've I've struggled with a lot of her because like her long novels are fucking long. Uh-huh. I, I got the audiobook for her latest book. She uh, has no medium. Sl- yeah, no medium. Like what I, I I feel like I feel like she almost does. She should be, almost be cut down with some of her some of her books or whatever. Like if she had an editor who was like more strict. But I feel like Joyce Scott would be like, don't fucking touch my books. Yes. Um. But and you know whatever. She's, her contract. She's doing what she's doing. But like I got the audiobook for a Sleep Night Death of Stars. Yes. The novel that came out this year. Love that cover. Yeah, this year. Um, 
and I got the audiobook, and like it's fucking fascinating. I uh, got who like, reads it? What's that? Who reads it? Uh, some guy. Uh, oh, really? A guy? I don't remember. That's too bad. Well, there's, uh, it's like a multi, it's like an ensemble cast. So. Okay. I mean, I, I mentioned this before, and I think it's been on my Audible wish list since the beginning of the show. But, um, people have said that Amanda Plummer of uh of Pulp Fiction fame, mm-hmm. her reading of Blackwater is like ranked one of the greatest audiobooks ever read. Yeah, and even then, I feel like Black Blackwater is something I had to like dig up. Like, mm-hmm. I I looked at literally, I I like I like Joyce Carol Oates. Hey, this one's short. Yeah, and I I got it, and I was like, it just happened to be fucking Blackwater. Yeah. Okay, well, again, one day I'll get the blonde. Where is this fucking? Thing? Here we go. Book details. It is read by no oh, woman, Cheryl Smith. Okay. But it is it is thirty hours and twenty five minutes of audiobook, and it's fucking fascinating and interesting. It is a gothic family drama. Tight. And it, it's just it's very long. It makes me just be like, I feel like I need I should be reading other things. Like it's going too slow. Yes. So like that that's my fault. Blonde's very fine. Blonde, I'm reading it and you're every chapter just like this is amazing, but like it's so long. Yeah. But that's it. Nothing anyway. about my poor reading habits. Enough of that. Gab- Let's get back to Angel of Wrath. Gabriel, uh, I have not read this before. You have not read this before. Mm-hmm. You picked this at random. I did. Gabriel, how did you like reading Angel Not of Mercy? Not of Mercy. But of Wrath. Um I, it, it kind of ties into what I was just saying that maybe like 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 Blackwater is like her like triumph, mm-hmm. and every single one of these is good. So maybe I'm, I'm struggling to find the comparison because as we just mentioned earlier, I forgot Haunted, mm-hmm. but when you told me Haunted, I'm like, oh yeah, that thing's never gonna leave me. But I forgot about it. So reading her short fiction often feels like having a very remarkable like diner meal. Mm-hmm. Having like a small town, very good restaurant meal. It's like, wow, that was exceptional. But it wasn't like, it's, it didn't ruin my life in, in a good way. Like mm-hmm. Blackwater ruined my life. Yeah. Like really, it, it's, it's, it will never leave me. But I feel like if you look at all my favorite books, I was like, I was like, each of them kind of ruined my life in a way, right? Yes. Like 2066, I will never think of the world different like the same after reading that yeah and i think yeah. that's 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 the magic of literature that's that's it's the, it'll fuck you up it'll fuck you up yeah. in the best possible way i was just thinking about that uh well my one of my favorite joe's carl oates uh quotes is uh uh there is an audience for your darkness yeah isn't that wonderful yeah but i guess that's a great exa- great way to to segue into my feelings of it it's it's another crusher it's another great tale. I think what Joyce Carol Oates does incredibly well is fuck of perspective, fuck of your expectations, mm-hmm. and it always shifts you off balance. You start in the head of Gilead, and you're like, oh, God, this is disgusting. Who is this guy? What a monster. Uh-huh. And the whole time you're waiting for him to murder the woman. Mm-hmm. And in classic Oates fashion, it slowly morphs into a Black Widow story. Mm-hmm. That like uh, like, you from from the first half of the story, you're not gonna expect that it's gonna turn into the woman having sympathy for the stalker, mm-hmm. and the stalker being the innocent, mm-hmm. and the stalker being manipulated. Mm-hmm. And again, this is my interpretation of the events. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to argue against them, in my opinion. But it's it's this is not where I thought I was gonna go. And it deeply affected me, and it left a lasting impression. 
that once again, I'm going to forget about the story in two weeks. And then you're going to be like, remember Angel of Wrath? I'm like, which one was that one? <laughs> and you're going to say it. I'm like, that fucking one. Oh my God. Yeah. It's almost like a nightmare you had once. <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to put it. But yeah. um, another another crusher by by old Jayco. Or old Jayco. Uh, what about you, Daniel? How did you feel about reading this one for the first time? Uh, first time. Yeah. No, it, it, it took me a moment to really, to really grab onto me. It, it's... But like not a while, like a few pages. It's a short story. Yeah. Um, that's what I meant. Uh, but no, yeah, it's not to yeah. Basically, kind of what you said, where it it takes you in a direction you're not you're not realizing it's going in. She jukes you that like a third of the way through, you think that that a uh, uh, Gilead is like some kind of just like horrible. Like he's a truly terrifying person, mm-hmm. and she tells stories that are about you know sadistic stalkers you know uh the first story in that so help me god is a story about like a a very very young woman as in she's a teenager when she gets married uh like like marries someone and then she finds herself kind of on the end of kind of of like a guy who loses his job and is like losing his mind and like is basically putting all the 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 darkness and pressure in his mind on her and starts like calling her and pretending to be somebody else like she tells like so for this to be to go in this direction it, it reminds me a bit of um Remember Feral? Yeah, yeah, that one I remember. That yeah, like Feral, where it's like the story's so effective, and then it truly takes you in a direction you did not see going, and you're just kind of like, what, what? That's yeah. great. Yeah, it's Joyce Carol Oates has this perfect, perfect kind of balance be- between like this being just like an out and out horror story, mm-hmm. but just told very just. I don't know. It, with a very human brush. With, with such humanity, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, always been her hallmark. And again, like the poetry of this, which is almost inappropriate because yeah. like he, he is a slow, like he's reader? not, he, he, well, yeah, he's not a slow reader. He's a fast reader. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, no, um, the, the bad joke I was going to say, no, he's not a reader. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, um, like, may, may I hop to my, my hazy memory? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll get ahead of it because it, it ties exactly into what we were talking about, about the poetry of, of the perspective. Because yeah. really, it's first person. It's from his thing. And, uh, oh gosh. So it's, it's, it's kind of dwelling in on, on Gilead's delusion that he, he has always known Katrina, that they have a connection. Mm-hmm. And it ties into Dr. Cotton, the doctor, an elderly woman who was like, really, like, after whatever happened to him prior, Gilead is released into her care, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a read. But if if you don't mind, I'm gonna go for it. Yes, go ahead. I do also. Yeah, I want to point out that the the mother is apparently dead, but we don't we don't know yes. why or how. So he, he so. just described that how he feels this connection of how Katrina he and Katrina knew each other, but she's forgotten him. Okay. I did not tell Doctor Cotton any of these things, for I would not wish to harm her. Yet might harm her if she knew, if she knew what she had no right to know. I would not tell her about my mother and the knife and what it did to me because she had no right to know. It was for Dr. Cotton's protection. I am a vessel of mercy as well as wrath. I am one who respects and protects women. I would not harm a woman. I would not frighten a woman. Not a lady like Dr. Cotton and one her age. But if something went wrong, it would not be my fault. I would drive a spike through her forehead to stop her mouth chattering. I would take hold of her wrinkled old throat in both my hands and squeeze, 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 till her doctor brain seeped out at one end and her guts at the other. I would use a tire iron to crush that skull like a flower pot beneath the thin, crinkly, dyed dark hair, and I would dig the heel of my boot into the hairy hole between her legs hard. This would not, this would, this would, this would be to cease her words like yellow bile in my ears. It would be for no other reason, for I knew that Dr. Cotton was my friend. 
and so to prevent the bad things happening, I held myself in my chair to keep from rocking side to side as my teachers had scolded me for doing when I was a boy, and I told her, yes, yes, Dr. Cotton, yes, you were right. Yeah. <clears throat> Brilliantly written, deeply, deeply upsetting. Yeah, that 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 does that also does remind me of uh, in her master class episode. Oh yeah, she, she reads a she reads a story. It's a very very short story that is essentially a monologue, a scenal monologue. Mm-hmm. But basically, it goes from it is from like a man's perspective, like kind of saying it's like 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 I want is it okay? I forgot what it was. It, it was constantly asking the same question. It's like, is it okay if like I touch you? Is it okay if I do this? Like it's very sensual, and it starts from being like very like like. I'm gritting my teeth already. Sensual and like, and you know, like sexual. And like, at some point, like there are spikes of anger. And then like the language becomes like more and more violent and angry and graphic. But it's all told in like a single monologue. Um, Yeah. Like for subjects like these, uh, like, I feel like this story could be painfully on the nose and blunt. There is as little as it sounds like what I just read. There's a lot of restraint in that. And yeah. there's a lot to think that, like, that a woman wrote this. I feel like, hopefully, Daniel, for this coming Oatstober, at least half, if not more so, maybe all of them will be, depending on availability, all of our guests will be women. Because I would love to hear further their, their thoughts on texts like this. Yeah, how they feel about this, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, like, uh, in summarization, yeah, no, it's 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 a it's an affecting story. Um, and I, yeah, I... She, it's Jaco doing what Jaco does it's best. It's Jaco doing what Jaco does best, which like, again, like every time I'm just like, she tells these kinds of stories. And even then, like, I could not have told you where the story is going or yeah. out of all like the, the, I don't know how many short stories she's written, mm-hmm. but like out of all of them, like usually you can pick up one and just be like, I did not see the story going that direction. She, uh, some of her stories also aren't a few. I've read a few that were stinkers. Sure. <laughs> um, but no, I'll, uh, yeah, this is this is this is a really really. I feel like this this collection and the haunted one were like were the first two I bought. Those are honestly like have been have my favorite stories I think so That's far, cool. which is weird because they were my first ones. So yeah, it every time I read a story like this, I'm just like oh, fuck Joyce Carol. I need to stop. Yeah, yeah. I think that like, I have not disliked any stories of her so far. I feel like maybe last Oatstober, like we did one where I'm like, this Triumph is a lesser one. Triumph of the Spider Monkey. Oh, that was definitely a lesser one for me. There were there, that, was, that was, I think that was experimental in a way I didn't care for. There, there are kind of um, to, to to quote uh, someone said that oh uh, Tom Waits' wife said this about him where mm-hmm. he has two modes. He Tom does, Waitress. Tom Waitress. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Uh, Tom Waits has two modes. There were there are grim grim reapers and grand weepers. Okay. You know? And that's kind of you can kind of say that about Joyce Carol Oates as well, mm-hmm. where she either has like her epic gothic family dramas, yeah. and she has like her her gritty ass like, but still human like horror stories and whatnot. Yeah. And like I'm looking at this, and this is almost this is kind of between and between her horror stories, she has like little subdivisions. She has her her hunter stories, which are stories like Triumph of the Spider Monkey. Um, I'm trying to think what other one we did. Uh, the doll, doll maker, the doll ma- master, doll master. I think it was sorry. Because actually, yeah, I'm remember. looking at it right now. The doll master. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then she does like, and then she has like, usually like, uh, I want to call them more or less. I don't have a good, uh, a better title for it other than like, like the, uh, no. Okay. That's not a really good thing. Cause I'm trying to think like, what is like the corn maiden and like, so help me God, for example, like they're very much rooted in the psychology of like, of like a, in like a female perspective. And it's just like, it, it is, you're in that mindset, you know, like, you're either in the mind of a hunter or you're in the mind of like essentially the quote unquote prey. prey. Mm. So like th- this one is oddly enough, like kind of almost a mix between the two because of how much the hunter 
is sympathetic weirdly and it's I mean, crazy it, it doesn't start that way yeah no the, what you read what i just read i want to point out that like listen what you read was fucking horrifying mm-hmm. and as much as basically it it speaks to the way the guy's thinking where he he thinks himself he's like i don't hurt women yes but if she fucking pushes me and then that long list including like some sexual fucking violence and yeah that, like but the same but then like we're still sympathetic with him like a page later yes it, it's really weird and that's something that's the, that's the, what Joe Carroll says does that's the structure amazing. and math is so fascinating to me that 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 I don't I don't know if, if like well, if you do as much as I do that I'm constantly studying story structure so for me the, the the premise of how do you describe something so vile and then come back around to be on his side sort of it's it's shocking and it's incredibly well done yeah the, well the the interesting is that is that like that's the story that she wants to tell she wants to tell a story where it's it is like that and the, there it's it's the gillian flynn thing which i think I've, I've always which is why gone girl is maybe one of my, my top five best books mm-hmm. of the last decade or so it's because gillian flynn isn't interested in writing a story about like morality mm-hmm. about um what what the effect her story will have in the world. She wants to write a story about a evil woman mm-hmm. and all the realistic consequences of her being in a world with unlikable people mm-hmm. and lovable people in humanity. Mm-hmm. It's what like like Gone Girl is like, so, like whenever time I read this, I'm like I read a George Carroll Oates story. I'm like, oh, I know you're just you're just the biggest fan. I can that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I almost want to keep going, but let's. It's kind of. Uh, I don't we know. What, have, what we have a whole month's worth. We have, yeah, we have. A, we can keep fucking like seriously like reading this. Me like she's so fucking good while jerking off. Well, at the same that's, time, that's why I'm really excited it, to talk it, to more women about this because our experience yeah. as men is very limited from understanding a lot of these characters. And uh, yeah, one of the things that I, I basically latched on right away is that like like oh this is like really from like perspective not having you know have any idea it's like this is truly like from the perspective of like a or not this story necessarily i mean you wouldn't think that but it it is but like horror from the perspective of like a woman and she captures that very very well and it's something that's so outside of my understanding that it is just endlessly fascinating Mm -hmm. and new and fresh and and different it's like with feral i'm not a i'm not a mother and i'll never be a mother but that the the putting me in that person's fear Mm -hmm. is is incredible how she does it truly um so uh let's order a pizza bro yeah i'm hungry uh moving on um what's that thing final no not final thoughts thoughts? Uh, i'm uh i'm uh in honor of our dear friend shawnee b horny of the whip around podcast the best source for all the weirdest news Uh. that comes with every whip around wednesday of sean hayes and dr philip laporta where they just have a grand old time talking all things science and macabre please give them a listen sean bequeathed upon us he's not dead sean (laughs) (laughs) sean gifted us with this segment we broke into his his room we Mm -hmm. stole this from his sock drawer he doesn't know it he he heard on the podcast he's asking for it back we say who is this this isn't there's nobody here i don't know this is this is fine but gabriel daniels Hazy memories. Hazy memories. Oh, Joyce Carol. Thank you, Joyce. The gatekeeper. Yes, <laughs> Joyce Carol. Can okay from the, now the, the on co- the, the crypt keeper, the, the, the coats keeper. The, the game, the gatekeeper needs to have an actual uh, 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 mascot called the gatekeeper, and it's Joyce. It's Joyce Carol and the crypt keeper. Okay, there's something there. I don't we'll know. Figure what it, it is, out. We have we'll a month. All right, Gabriel. 
Yes, Daniel. Uh, I'm sorry, but you you already gave your, your your hazy memory. I already did. So I'll I'll, yeah. I'll 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 cue you up, Daniel. Fifteen years from now, someone's gonna say to you, "Have you read Angel of Wrath by Joyce Carol Oates?" What do you remember? Those those little whiplash moments that Joyce Carol Oates gives you. Whiplash um, around. Yeah, whiplash around the podcast. Uh. Like you had, you had that one. Honestly, I actually weirdly forgot about that section because that's the one where you read this and you just go. Yeah, I bookmarked that one. (laughs) Yeah, Um, for for me, it it was one of those things where um, this is like right in the start of of like him really pushing his 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 uh, his 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 stalker attitude uh, very seriously. Where like uh, Katrina calls the police on him, and it's the one moment when the police kind of like go to him and like they they're trying to figure out and like they're you can see in their faces like kind of both like they're bullying him but the same thing they're just like oh what's what's wrong what's with wrong this guy, guy? shit and so, and then like basically like they make him promise like listen you can't fucking do this you're gonna get arrested dude you need to and like make him say like like yes and also that's when we see him uh like start to like have like an episode when he's trying to talk or something like that mm. again we're not really sure about the the hard details there um but we have that. We have him saying that the police have come to him saying, listen, you can't do this. If she's going to call us again, we're going to fucking arrest you, dude. And then like page uh, break, next break, uh, like I went I went home and immediately called her. Uh, and because I knew that uh, like the, the 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 coded message that she sent me that she still actually truly does love me, too, is that she didn't tell them that I killed the dog. Yes. And that's how I know. And like that is next degree level like like you know dissolute like not dissolution like, like delusion delusions yes del- the, the deluded themselves like we're and it's so and like you don't That's see some it coming you're, shit. you're just like god fucking damn it you know yeah it's like talking to it's like talking to a flat earther yeah where like it's like you want to like say something it's like this is why and they That's just, what they want you to think and then they just like turn it around and you're just like what <laughs> yeah, like, like you, just, you just end up dumbfounded. It, it's crazy, but in this, it's horror. So yes. it, it, like, he, so he, like he turns around that, like the, she calls the police on him as much as she's telling him to his face, "Stop fucking following me, you, you, you crazy, creep. yeah, fucking disgusting person." Then the police show up. Don't fucking follow her, dude. Don't call her. She doesn't want you to call her. She doesn't want you hanging around her. Stop doing it. And he immediately, and then he's still like, yeah, like no, but I get it. Even beyond that, though, I'm sorry. That, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> I think you, 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 you've missed like the the latter part, which I thought was even more chilling. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, he decides, Gilead decides to stop following and stop calling her for a while. Yeah. Or and then he calls her, but he, he in, in, first inundates her with calls <laughs> and then starts bailing because his plan is to make her cry wolf. So if the finally she calls and he's not there and like and he's not there, the police are gonna say he's not there, ma'am. And that's when he's gonna strike. Yeah. And and, the, and like that like cooled that chilled my blood yeah the the and that's that of course again like the humanity and like the the realism uh behind this yes. it, it's like that's something that that's very very true uh one of my other favorite Charles Carroll oats isms mm-hmm. jacoisms i'll call them jacoisms 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 uh is that uh in a, jakeisms on a she was talking in front of an audience and uh the big so the big uh question was that like why is the literature so violent and dark um, and so the, 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 world the, the, spe- is? the speaker asked her, it's like, why, why are your stories tend to be like dark about violence, about like, kind of like really like these very grim subjects and George Carr, oh, it's his reaction. And I love her for this so much. She goes like, I don't think my stories are all that dark. I think there are, there are truthful depictions of the war the world is. I love that. Yeah. I, and, I, I, I like to think about like how she is, is the person who is, who's filling these stories with 
the realistic humanity. Yeah. That I, I wonder if there are like like criminal psychology classes that read Joyce Carol Oates stories. Because I feel like she gets so much into the head of why a human being yeah. would do something like truly abhorrent mm-hmm. and thinks they are correct, thinks they're right, because that's how some people are. Yeah, and uh, for various reasons... There aren't villains in her stories. They're just human beings who are warped. Yeah, well, some... I, I've read a few that have that have quite a few uh, villains. I don't know, but... Uh, uh, the but Dollmaster? The, I don't know. Well, the Dollmaster kind of as well. Um, but the Dollmaster, I think, was more of just like an entitled, like, crazy person, to be honest. But, yeah. but that said, like, you know, and especially, but you're right, Joyce Carol Oates, uh, in her Hunter stories, when she's in mm-hmm. the mind of the Hunters, like Dollmaster, not Dollmaster, I said it again. <laughs> like, um, I don't even say Feral. Feral is different. Feral is very different. No, no, no. I was going to say um, the Hunter, the actual story. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's... Uh, uh, zombie was one uh, that's on our bookshelf right now I gotta read it yeah maybe we'll do a part two with, with you because you never got a chance to read part it part two with and you and I am kind of not looking forward to it as good as it was that's fine um, <laughs> but uh, but no it, she, like so many and like the realistic thing and, and this is the case in the real world is that some of the world's e- like most evilest worst disgusting people in history you know, are also a lot of them were also victims as well. Like anytime sure. you hear stories, like when you hear about Charles Manson, like as horrible as he was, like he was a fucking institutionalized he, yeah, child. Exactly, he was a product of his environment. Like, like being being raped and also raping others so that you aren't raped was something that he lived with since he was a child. Yeah, like, his justification for it that I don't want to repeat here is 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 like mind burningly confusing and chilling yeah and that's that's abuse you know yeah. when you're a child like th- that's also speaks to something that's wrong with uh, what's wrong with uh what's going on with gilead for example yeah. is that like this is how he believes love works and it's yeah. because of abuse that he thinks exactly people. fascinating fascinating stuff. you know truly gabriel i know other people are reading like just like spooky stories and like ooh, isn't that fun and we're nope. reading all these stories about fucking oats, abuse oats, and oats, oats. you know what i want to have it in the way this is why yeah. i love oats I'm about it. You know, and uh, you, you you said that like you're kind of like a snob with horror stories, like you, mm-hmm. they have to be good and everything like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I'm I'm like I'm like eighty percent there. It's like I can occasionally like like a dumb horror story occasionally. But sure. Not, as, not really. But like this is stuff that actually terrifies me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 the human mind, human heart. Yeah, and and that's that's why I, I read them. Yeah, I'm know? a huge fan. Right. That's it, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. It's time to randomly select our next story, which we All might right. have a guest for, but we'll announce that later. Otherwise, yes, yeah. we'll figure it out. But Gabriel, I need you to pick a number. Let me I get close to the mic. Uh-huh. I need you to pick a number between one and four. Four. Okay, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Don't look. Close your eyes. Also, I need to see how many. What which are. box is this one? Is this your Sekiro box? No. Oh yeah, that is. Uh-huh. I have. I got the Sekiro special edition. My brother gave it to me for. Of course, um, he did. For um, when it came out, Gabriel, yeah. pick a number between one and six. Six. Okay, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. First off, we're reading from the book, The Doll Master and hey. Other Tales of Terror. Okay. We're reading number out of six stories. Number six, Mystery Incorporated. Oh, interesting title. It is an interesting title. Do I have the hunter? That's one of my favorite stories. I keep wishing that we're gonna read the the corn 
The corn master. The heart is a lonely hunter. The, the, the corn, corn master. The corn, the corn maiden. <laughs> and the doll, ma- the yeah, the doll maiden and the corn master. Uh, the corn maiden got a uh, uh, totally a uh, uh, reference in the covers in it. Uh, that Jeff Vandermeer story about uh, writing stories. Mandrajir. Uh, the hunter. Oh damn it! You know, I bet that book thief Katie Kometz has the the, the book. Katie and Kometz. She has the she has haunted. I think that one has the hunter. Unfortunately. Fair enough. Ah well, whatever. Gabriel. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so let's uh, let's stop talking about Joe's cut notes for a brief moment. Okay. But we're gonna keep talking about okay. it. Okay. Gabriel. Yeah. Plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please follow the other Top Gaunt radio show we're producing right now. I'm very very proud of it. It's a great time. It is called AP Film by Film School Professionals. It is hosted by. Noted, Kate, noted book thief, Katie Kometz, <laughs> and Malu Morones. They are two young ladies who did not go to film school, so decided to create their own film school curriculum. They are currently in the middle of Spooptober, spooky season times. Ooh. They are watching a barrage of horror films, mm-hmm. and they are discussing everything there is to learn from them, all while being a little bit tipsy and while arguing with each other. It's a really great time. And, and I do want to say, go over there, give them five stars, and write in the review that Katie Katie Kometz is wrong about Katie's Cloverfield. Yeah, Katie is wrong about Cloverfield. Yeah, that, that, like, wildly so. That Cloverfield movie is, like, the perfect, like, like movie theater yeah. film. Like, like, Katie can hate the Marvel films as much as she wants, and I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Some people don't like chocolate. <laughs> but but thinking Cloverfield is bad is, is objectively incorrect. Yeah. So, <laughs> listen to their show. I think it's a great time. Please give them some reviews. And, you know, they're just a riot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not too busy, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It is a podcast about the Asian American experience. They're going strong on season two. I contributed to season one. My episode is called The Talk We're Supposed to Have. So give that a listen. Mm-hmm. And lastly, follow me on Instagram. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I, I guested on two podcasts recently. Mm. Both of my good friend John Lunger from, uh, from the comedy scene back east. Um, actually one's not out yet so don't worry about that one other one is uh, the Improvised Wikipedia podcast where John <laughs> Glenn Tickle the other host and I talk about the Goosebumps books eh. so it's a great time please check out the Improvised Wikipedia podcast they are a hilarious show did, did you have to read a Goosebumps book? no I just I just was it Goosebumps okay. and we just had a good time um, uh, and follow me on Instagram at read.richards read like reading a book Daniel, I'm, I'm interested in what you guys have to say about that. I think me and you have different kind of uh, feelings about Goosebumps, where I feel like you have like this tinge of like nostalgia for I it. I do. Whereas I'm just like like Goosebumps, and I throw them in that trash. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also didn't like comic books. What does that have to do with it? Superhero comic books. Yeah. What does that have to do with it? Because you 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 shun the mainstream. Well, I read no, I read Goosebumps as a kid. Oh, okay, you yeah. hated them. <laughs> no, no, it's one. Of, it's one of those things where, like, as an adult, it's like, well, oh, they're not good. There's, there's no point in revisiting them. I don't know. No, <laughs> there really isn't. They're not good. Uh, I'll talk about writing like being prolific, but not being that good. There's old Robert Lawrence Stein. Yeah, that's what that is. All right, Gabriel. Uh, yes, you, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Top Gaunt Radio. Also, tweet at him. Yeah, tweet at me if you read a, if you write a review. Um, I'll eventually tweet back at you. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I just checked again. No review. Uh, it's still not up yet. I'm still looking forward. I'm lo- looking forward to it. Can't wait. I hope it's not disappointing. Hope it's not too jokey. Ugh, that'd be mm. a pain. <laughs> no, that's, I'm legit worried about that. But, no, um, we want no matter how jokey your review, we want it. Okay. 
Get, uh, 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 yeah, and then also you can check out my fiction right now, which is available anywhere you get your ebooks. I wrote uh, A Cook in the Kingdom and The Shadow from the Deep, Ooh. both of which are available in paperback form off of Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, while you're at it, check out The Wondery Show that I assisted with and is out already, which is called Guru. Guru! The Dark Side of Enlightenment, which is available all right now. I assisted with like the first like six episodes, I think it was. But yeah, there's like there's like a main mm-hmm. six episodes and there's two additional episodes, and yeah, there's there uh yeah there's so many fucking wondery shows right now. Like yeah. seriously, I, I can't check believe. out Guru's spinoff Minions. Yes, is that, is that a thing? Yes. Well, okay. Uh, Actually, I was making a very extended joke because his character's name is Guru, and I said Guru. Uh, yeah. 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 You're terrible man. Yeah. So that's uh that's uh, the end of the show. See you guys next week um for some more Jayco action. Happy Oatstober! Happy Oatstober! Wear a mask. Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara. <laughs>